Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to Podswoggle, a wrestling podcast with entertainment. And if you're hearing my voice and you're familiar with this show, you know what's happening right now. Lord knows when you're hearing it, in what fame, fashion, or fortune you are receiving it in uh, here in this post Podswoggle world that we're living in. Um, it's just me here on Zoom with your usual intrepid. But host Chris Mullet, Mullet baby, how you doing? It's June 2020. Wrestling couldn't exist right now from when we're recording this. Honestly, it'd probably be better off, but you know what? It's fine as long as you got your tank top boys here. Tank TTB, we the TTB, we the tank top boys. You want to come on us? You want to put sleeves on us? We ain't got sleeves. You can't come on our sleeves. You come on our sleeves, we gonna wipe that shit on your face off of our sleeves. And it's as simple as that. Um, so if you're hearing me, you know what's happening. We're already uh... <laughs> the past ten, the past five minutes, aka drunk history. <laughs> That's what that means. Yeah, we're we're a couple rumbles in. Uh, three, we three rumbles in. We done did three remote rumbles. Uh, the triple R's, the remote Royal Rumbles. And uh, me and Muller are drunk. Our significant others are past the fuck out. Sleeping. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. And I have been, uh, I, I still have my list here of, uh, of drunk history topics that I want Muller to fucking regale us with. So, Give them to me. Hmm? Give them to me. I have veins. Put your topics in my veins. Let them in course my blood all right my days. but if my blood could be in let it be in it's not doing anything else <sighs> mullet please regale us with the drunk history of one bill goldberg oh my god all right so customary uh take a big swig of alcohol i'm gonna do something extra because 2020 I need it. Get extra, dog. I'm like a quarter Jewish now. It's fine. <laughs> That's not enough. You marry one, and then you birth one, you become a quarter of one, right? No. <laughs> oh, no. That's just math. So All, right. All right. So I want to honestly start this way. Just go to your Google machine, which is your computer, <laughs> and type the phrase like, Bill Goldberg in 1994. 
and then enjoy the rest of your day because <laughs> that motherfucker, look at him. Look at him. I've been watching a lot of American Gladiators lately and <laughs> looked like every um, white American Gladiator contestant during the early 90s. Just jacked, dumb oh, hair. A shitty so, mullet. Just the worst. So Bill Goldberg was born. He found what creatine was and did sports <laughs> for eight years and got a <laughs> fucking dumbass football scholarship off of it and made it to the Atlanta Falcons. He didn't kill a dog like Michael Vick, didn't make the team, and then he stepped on a, a fucking golf tee and then couldn't play football anymore. We're in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Goldberg from birth to when it mattered. <laughs> I love that you can always just like tell like the fuckers that went from like the college in the state to yeah. the team in the state. Like because he went from like University of Georgia yeah. to the Atlanta Falcons. Yes. And like that's all you really need to know. If he made me do the Steve Williams drunk history, then I'll get into the minutia of his fucking collegiate record. But it's Bill Goldberg. He could he could tackle some white dudes and roofie some people. Wrestling industry. Oh. <laughs> Tope just texted me, we two colored boys. So <laughs> I know I'm fine with where I am. I um, love I love future you editing this. <laughs> it's just going to depend on what month and what year. That's all it is. Uh, I don't know how that factors. So we're in 1997. We're in 1997. Uh, so Bill Goldberg was probably at some dipshit bar in Georgia. Oh. And, <laughs> and he ordered a shot and fucking one of high voltage was there and was what's, like what's bill goldberg's shot out of choice oh my god uh it's probably something straight <laughs> of course i felt like that was a double entendre i didn't mean it to be no, it was. <laughs> it was. that's just probably how he wants his shots uh and he took it and some guy was there trying to get it for himself and someone else's wife and he was like oh yeah me too Oh, my name's so-and-so. Oh, my name's Bill. You have a good figure. You should be a wrestler. All right. You want to come down to, to, to Dwayne's school? Here's a quiet, funny thing about the wrestling industry in the Attitude Era. So, the second biggest wrestler of all time, his name was Dwayne Johnson. But the guy that ran WCW's power plant was named Dwayne Bruce. There you go. That's, oh, that, that's that's the funny fact. <laughs> I had nothing else. They didn't create any stars except Goldberg, so I have nothing else. <laughs> uh, so uh, Goldberg uh, entered the power plant in like the in sometime in ninety six, ninety seven, and trained to be a wrestler. And uh, so you can't do the history of Goldberg without. Like, trying to figure out what came first. This is literally the chicken and the egg of professional wrestling. Okay. First, the concept of Goldberg or the concept of Stone Cold Steve Austin. The answer is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. But if you ask anybody 
whose opinion you don't trust. Like Goldberg was gonna be Goldberg a year before Goldberg Goldberg. <laughs> uh, which again, I don't believe because he was working like fucking dark matches against fucking Jindrak and fucking Dale Torberg and like fucking losing shit and like Chip Mitten. I said the name Chip Mitten on a recorded medium. What's a Chip Mitten? <laughs> Nothing I can answer is okay. better than you asking me that question. All right. So now people are just gonna research and those Woodward's <laughs> and Bernstein's have earned their Watergate finding out what Chip Mitten was. Uh, so uh, they asked Bill, hey, Bill, you know, decent build, you know, decent look. What do you want to be? And he's like, I want to be the hybrid. Can I break kayfabe for a second? Because from 2002 to like 2007, 2008, yes, that's for me and middle school to college i used to fantasy book my own wrestling company privately 20 years in advance like literally we're recording this in 2020 we still have five years left on my fantasy booking on my own fucking promotion that i that i've done where, where are we at right now i have no idea i literally thought about it today i need to go into my fucking garage and see i'm pretty sure homicide would be champion right now you know <laughs> i booked it it was cool uh but what if shut up you're laughing too deeply for it to be acceptable for me to do that i'm turning so red you asshole you <laughs> i hate you so much uh, so um so i created a character like i would always create these like like monster face or heel characters. That's, oh, shit, my phone. That's what I was good at doing. So I created one called Hybrid. He was undefeated for like two years. Like he was the, you know, beast upon beast. And like, I find out like three years after I stopped doing this, that Goldberg wanted to be a character called a Hybrid. I'm like, well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> it wasn't cool at all. I'm like, no, that's dumb. <laughs> you should be Goldberg. <laughs> Hybrid sucks. Be Goldberg. So um, so so he worked. He worked like dark matches for a decent amount of time, and oh, no, I think he only did a few. And they kind of saw, all right, this guy's got enough explosiveness and got enough huxpa. I would have said that if it wasn't Goldberg. To be fair, um, well, yeah, as 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 Shakespeare said, huxpa. Um, it's weird, if I may just interject. It's Please. weird to think about WCW with having dark matches. Like, mm -hmm. I just associate, I just associate dark matches with just uh, WWF, WWE. Well, no, like if you look but, up, so course. yeah, but you think like so. I think dark matches like back then. I think about Beyond the Mat, like Modest and fucking Tony Jones, yeah. like working. You know, but WCW had those too. Did. Did WCW do as, as many live events? No. Well. Yes and no? Yes and no. Yes and that they would book them. But, like, who <laughs> would just... That's an awful first half of a sentence. Well, like, 
imagine going like, oh, I'm gonna go to a WCW house show, and like, who's ever advertised? They're not there. Like yeah, the main yeah. event to a WCW house show would be like Norman Smiley versus like Rick Steiner, which like, as uh, us as sophisticated wrestling fans with a good palate, like. Honestly, there'd be a great live show to see in a small place. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be a video episode, but I'm making a face just in case it is. <laughs> because if you if you paid $20 to see Rick Steiner versus Norman Smiley, you deprived somebody you love of a decent meal. <laughs> I'd pay $20 to see that today. Yeah, sure. At a fucking baking competition. Because Rick Steiner believes his muffins are good enough. And Norman Smiley was like, I got a cookie recipe. That's all so you're saying is Great British Bake Off because Norman Smiley is British. Yeah, but don't count Rick Steiner out. <laughs> his wife knows the deal. Like if Rick Steiner gets that Hollywood handshake, then I'm fucking throwing it all in right now. Rick Steiner has sold way too many houses for somebody who I've seen wrestle way too many fucking wrestling matches. <laughs> like if he wrestled 50 wrestling matches, you should not be able to sell a house. But he does it, and it's great. Who, who has sold more houses, Rick Steiner or, or Nikki Bella? Ooh, Rick Steiner, Nikki yeah, Bella, Nikki Bella is the worst realtor of all time. Period. Bar none. She's worn tighter outfits and showed showed more two-bedroom apartments than anybody of all time. So, Bill Goldberg. Thank you. Try to wrestle. <laughs> and they're like, why don't you just be Goldberg? And he's like, well, that's not cool. Look at me. They're like, I think it'll work. So, one September Nitro in 1997, Let's give the kid a chance. And by kid, he's like a 32-year-old man at this point. Yeah. Put him out there with Bill DeMott, Hugh Morris, and Bill DeMott, who literally is just hoping that somebody runs in the ring and shoves their ass with a jelly donut in their anus in another guy's face. That's the only reason he got in the wrestling business. Who's here to kink shame? Not I. Not me. Who would have thunk it, huh? Not I. Uh, It's... Opposite Paul Rudd is Bill DeMott's life. Um, and I remember I watched this live. Like, if you were in the Attitude Era in the late 90s and you're doing the the next channel and you land on Nitro in September 97, you're like, who's this bald Jack Stone Cold looking fuck wrestling Hugh Morris? Normally, he's a Hugh Morris. You turn back to Raw. Like, no, I'm gonna stop on Hugh Morris for, but it's like, who the fuck's this guy? Look, man, I, I was a Nitro kid. I was a WCW kid, man. I sure. I was right there with you. I had I, no agents. Like, I I would go back and forth whatever interests me. If I see this 280 pound Jack Bald dude doing backflips, and then all of a sudden he picks Hugh Morris up and just holds him there, and then he pins him, and I have no idea who he is. Look, I got a I had a subscription to PWI, son. Complimentary. It wasn't complimentary. No, I paid for it. I did. Yeah, did. I didn't even have. I had to go to my local newsstand to get that <laughs> shit. Are you kidding me? Uh, Inside Wrestling had no idea Stu Sachs was shitting his pants. Knowing you, 
it completely tracks but doesn't that you did and did not have like it makes sense that you didn't have a subscription to pwi because you love like going to get it like you are the guy that loves to like find the thing but also the fact that you were so into the thing at the time the fact that like your mom or your grandma just didn't fucking buy you a subscription like is also kind of surprising I could not summarize what you just said better. Uh, <laughs> there, the, we had a, uh, the Rolling Acres Mall, one of the best malls in the country at one point, uh, used to have a magazine store where we'd go to every Monday and I would get my wrestling mags. But uh, in the mid-90s, that store was already gone and I would have to rely on the local grocery store of my grandmother to get PWI and the WWC. I never got the WCW or PWI subscriptions. I had a WWF magazine subscription and a Raw magazine subscription. But for whatever reason, the other two, my mom just wouldn't do. Heaven forbid. Oh, another $15 a month, mom? Thanks a lot. I'm not getting you a good apartment now, woman. Uh, (laughs) That's the thing to take away. Get your kids the magazine subscription now because they're the ones that's going to be finding a housing. I'm not going to put you with income restricted housing when it matters, woman. <laughs> Where is my weed? Right here. Thank God. <laughs> Boy, how far we've come, huh? We're still in 1997 for Bill Goldberg. <laughs> no, I mean personally. <laughs> I mean, let's be fair. All right, so... Let's talk at 2.19 a.m. <laughs> were you 1.19 in June of 2020? We both want to put our mothers in income-restricted housing. That's oh just... My God. Mine for the practicality, you're for the comedic value. That's all, <laughs> that's all that it is. <laughs> that's all it is. Take so, another three. Bill Goldberg goes on national television and somehow beats Bill DeMott. Everyone's like, what the shit? <laughs> he goes, there's a thing. He knew. He goes up the camera and goes, that's one. Who's next? So so was that a uh, was that him just kind of like feeling himself? Or was, was he instructed by whoever, Bischoff or whoever, just be like, this is the start of a thing? So I don't know 100%, but I think it's mostly him because the next couple months will kind of explain it. So he does that. It gets a good buzz. Uh, Mean Gene tries to interview him and he doesn't answer any of his questions. Like he's trying to maintain some mystique. Over the next couple weeks, he beats, I think over the next like two or three weeks, he beats like decent names. Like Hugh Morris was a name, but it wasn't like a name. Yeah. I think in the few the first month he beats like the barbarian. He beats like Wrath. Like he beat Wrath with like his helmet on. Like Wrath's helmet could skewer people. Like he Bro, had like beat, yeah. And he kind of gets into a feud with Steve Mongo McMichael, which is a story for another time. Oh man. Uh, that's that's how he introduces himself at shitty bars. It's <laughs> like I'm Stephen Michael. I'm a story for another time. Um, because they're both football guys. And they were supposed to have a match at World War III 97, but 
Mongo like took Goldberg out backstage with like a fucking wrench or something. So uh, Mongo actually ends up wrestling Alex Wright, who was also being managed by Deborah, his soon-to-be ex-wife. Well, Goldberg battles back, and they have a match with Star K97. I want to reiterate this. Bill Goldberg versus Steve McMichael at Starcade 97. No bells and whistles. Hey, man. Just kids. That is the epitome of two parents addicted to meth, letting their kids play in the pool <laughs> with no supervision. They're two football guys just looking to do some football stuff in a wrestling ring. In the words of everybody that was in the studio during the making of Cats, they got it done. And (laughs) (laughs) and Goldberg knocked uh, McMichael off a fucking apron into a table, and Goldberg won. So Goldberg has not lost. He's been, like, taken out backstage by Mongo or whatever. So, like, the next few months develop, like, January, February, March. And, like, they just put Goldberg on TV. And nobody has said it better than Eric Bischoff on the fucking Monday Night War DVD. He snorts. He spits. He breathes fire. He spear, jackhammer, game over. Like, they just put him on TV, gave him whoever was vulnerable for a week, and just let him fucking eat people to death. Yeah. And, and for how long? The crowd went fucking nuts because he had yeah. this explosiveness. Explosiveness. They had they just had this like fire to him. I remember uh Super Bowl in ninety eight, a big ass show with like fucking Hogan and Sin. Goldberg was like the most over person on the table. He wrestled Brad Armstrong. He wrestled like the most the most proficient Armstrong. But the worst Armstrong. And like he did like he did like some like fall away slam pump handle. And it's like nobody's done that. Why you Bill Goldberg? You don't do that. But he did it, and it looked great. And everyone fucking loved him. So like it's like the early spring, and like okay, we should do something with this guy. Everyone loves him. So I put him with the flock. He starts feuding with Saturn. He beats Saturn. Raven wins the U.S. title from DDP. The next night, they're like, well, Raven and Goldberg. And everyone's like, okay, well, you know, they're going to sacrifice Goldberg to build up Raven. Raven just beat DDP. He's got seven people. No, let's hire 17 plants to throw Raven back into the ring because everyone loves Goldberg so much. Goldberg murders Raven. Goldberg's the U.S. champion. It's like, and this is after WCW was already started to lose to Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. If it weren't for Goldberg being who he was, the WF kills WCW a lot earlier. Yep. For the past six months, WCW has been riding the NBA. Like, as soon as fucking they fuck up Sting, they're done. And the gap gets really, really close, and that's when WWF starts winning. When Goldberg becomes Goldberg, that's when WCW hangs on. I couldn't tell you how much I fucking love Goldberg. I remember specifically being 
in a food giant in Baltimore and telling my pop-up because I see somebody down the aisle with a Goldberg shirt saying, that's the next piece of clothing I want to own. I am, I am a new floor resident at the Treasure Coast Mall in the spring entering summer of, two, of 1998. And there's a Spencer's at the end of this, the dopest wing of a mall ever. You got a Spencer's, you got a KB Toys, you got a Borders, and you have an arcade. That's, that's, I somehow got in better shape just saying that. <laughs> that's a whole day. That's all day. And there was a Spencer's and on the left side wall. There was nothing but graphic t-shirts hanging in. And one whole row was some bomb ass Goldberg t-shirts. And I, and I, and my mother refused to let me wear anything wrestling related. She'd be toys. She'd be whatever else, but clothing. No, you can't be a white lame hoodlum. <laughs> That's, pretty wild to me i i was able to wear so many wrestling shirts which 90 percent of them hogan were, no at that time they were that time, no. they were wolfpack baby hmm. nwo red and black and they were mostly bootlegs from our neighbor butch from 1991 when i had the worst hulk hogan sweater of my of, of all time because mm-hmm. i lived in ohio and what's going to keep you warm but Terry Balea on your chest in bright colors? To 1998, I owned – oh, no, I'm sorry. I owned two. I owned two wrestling shirts from that whole time. A Shawn Michaels, uh, like, night shirt. So I was an 8-year-old that wore a shirt that a fucking 35-year-old woman would wear. And that Jeff Jarrett shirt that my mom bought because she wanted the single. Which – is part of the reason why I don't want her to live in a good enough home. Because uh, she has to pay penance. Um, so the, uh, for the record, the Goldberg shirt that I saw in that aisle of that food giant was the original, just like on the back, with the Goldberg tattoo, who's next? Oh, oh, yours is much better. Because Spencer's, like, they had, like, more so, what's the phrase? Like, not graphic, but like, LCD shirts, you know what I mean? Like, they like by a Kmart. They're like wolf shirts, yeah. but for wrestlers. <laughs> people on them. Yes, the people were the wolves, unless it was an NWO Wolfpack shirt. By the way, take a drink, uh, in which it had the people and the wolf on it. You know them perfectly. It's like, oh, is there like a wolf in like a, like a lunar eclipse? No, it's just a white dude in a pose. <laughs> it's just Lex Luger in a moon. Like, oh my God, what, what? What can I buy from this fucking mall kiosk? Is that the big show choke slamming a fucking bear? With a bunch of stars behind him? Sure. So it's Goldberg like flexing one bicep. His logo is bigger than fucking Christ on the cross behind him. <laughs> Erner. Uh, and I saw it and I was like, I need that shirt. Mom's like, no. And I was like, I won't wear it in public. I think that was honestly my fucking pitch. I was like, let me just sleep in it. Like, I just want to feel Goldberg on my chest. That was, that was the pitch. Uh, <laughs> well, I got it. 
and I had it for a really long time. And literally, like now, Rich and I both being massive collectors of wrestling memorabilia, toys, magazines, whatever. The retro shirts have been something neither one of us have like seriously dipped our toe into, but there have been a couple vendors that have had that exact shirt available for like 50, 60 bucks. And I was like, fuck me, man. I could have I mean, specifically the account wrestling for sale. Yes. Like markets in those things particularly. And, and they're just too expensive. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Oh, also, also, they're all in like double XL, which we probably don't fit in. Thankfully, or medium. That's like, god damn it! You have nothing middle ground. Well, like, I'll fuck with medium right now. Like, well, hey, 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 hey. So Goldberg, huh? I hate you. I'm so proud. Hey, Amen. You fitting in a medium is like the greatest accomplishment in this. Everything's everything. Uh, look, I'll just say this: I never. Imagine that would be a thing, and that's all I'll say. Goldberg, where are we at? 97. Can't help but give a kiss. So, um, I'm in 98. Bill Goldberg in 1998 uh, met Mark McGuire, and that's somehow appropriate. Um, Christ, 98 was McGuire, Sosa, and Goldberg. Have you watched? And you wonder why we're disillusioned. (laughs) Have you watched uh, Long Long Gone Summer? What the fuck it's called? No, not yet. It's, It's. it's fine, it, yeah, you know. Yeah. It makes sense, but like there was a there was a WCW magazine cover that was just Bill Goldberg meeting Mark McGuire. Yeah. That says it all. Um, so in the midst of this ratings war, Goldberg becomes WCW's everything because he's the coolest fucking dude. He's this bald, jack Jewish dude who literally fans and fucking fire and kills dudes in minutes. So they realize, man, we're starting to lose like a lot. Like Steve Austin and all this fucking WWF shit. Like we can't beat them. Let's let's book. Oh god. Yep, that's that point where I'm trying to burp. Look, let's put Goldberg. Let's put Goldberg for the title against Hogan. Well, now when did he? So he won the U.S. title against Raven. Raven in April. What's his like win loss record at this point? He's like sixty or seventy and zero, which is an inflated figure because WCW's house shows were as accurate as a fucking uh, a fucking toothless person spitting into a spittoon. Like you're gonna have some go awry. You're not sixty four and zero. You had a few go missing. Um, so. The rumor is, or the hearsay goes, that Hulk Hogan, who is the WCW champion at the time, after beating Randy Savage, who beat Sting, who beat Hogan in their biggest buy rate ever, but because he was like kind of out of shape, they were like, oh, fuck him. Hogan's a champion again. Hogan was like, you should make Bill Goldberg the champion of this company. Which on the surface is like, oh my God, what a humanitarian like moment for Hogan to recognize the closest thing to him that is happening in the wrestling business in 15 years. His actual thought was do that so I can beat him in six months. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. 
Never give Terry credit for anything. No. That was not what his intention was. If there's one thing you ever get out of the entire oeuvre no. of Potswoggle, is never give Terry Bollea credit for a single goddamn thing if, other than being manipulative as a motherfucker. If and Hulk like, Hogan was a woman in 2018, he would have powdrove Brecky Lynch in front of 90,000 people and pinned her one, two, three. Um, but the story goes that, like, somebody asked Hogan for whatever fucking reason, like, what would you do if you were in charge? Well, he's world champion. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's like asking, that's like asking LeBron James in 2015, hey, LeBron, who do you want to sign? Oh, I don't know, Chris Bosch and Dwayne Wade? So he's like, we'll just make Goldberg the champion. That'll solve, that'll solve it. Uh, Hogan's like, you should make Goldberg the champion of the company. For Doak Hogan to say that, that should mean something. Yeah. No matter if he's going to plan on beating him or not. So instead of putting that on a paid pay-per-view where the money gets made, uh, they announce at the Georgia Dome, Goldberg being a former Atlanta Falcon, Hulk Hogan's going to wrestle Goldberg because they didn't sell the shit out yet and they didn't want to get that many free tickets out. It's really what it was. <laughs> and they announce it. Goldberg's sitting at home. Goldberg's not even at TV when they announce this. <laughs> Goldberg is sitting in a recliner in Atlanta and is like, oh, okay. And he sees J.J. Dillon. I should put this caramel corn down because I have to work Hulk Hogan in six days. So like... So not only like you got Goldberg, he's in Atlanta, Georgia fixture, but also like that's where WCW is headquartered. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's CNN Tower. Big, like synergy and stuff like that. But like, what's the what's the JJ Dillon announce? It, it was like, wasn't it announced on Thunder that it was going to happen or some shit like that? Yeah. So Thunder Jesus, aired on a Thursday. What, how, which did that, how did that announcement go down? Like Thunder dude, aired on a Thursday, which means it was taped on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and he was like. The committee has decided that the number one contender is the United States champion, which is the way it's always been, by the way. Like, the IC champion is the number one contender to the WWF championship. But more so, WWE always announced the U.S. champion was the number one contender, which means that Dustin Rhodes missed 900 WWE championship matches. <laughs> Same thing but, with Mark. Like, all, go through all the U.S. champions. Yeah. Oh, you fucked up. Yeah. So, uh, so, well, because of that ends undefeated streak, Bill Goldberg earned a title shot against Hogan. So they announced it on Thunder because they hadn't sold out the Georgia Dome yet in Atlanta where Goldberg played football. And Goldberg didn't know this. Gets to Monday. And they're like, well, this is too easy. And they're also trying to still build this Rodman Malone thing. Because this is in, like, June or July of 98, and Bass of the Beach is coming up. Goldberg was already announced to wrestle Kurt Hang for the U.S. title. So they're like, oh, well, Goldberg, uh, Hogan's like, I have a creative control, real and legit. I don't fucking know how many levels of that was legit or not. He has to fucking wrestle Scott Hall. So Goldberg wrestles Scott Hall earlier on the show. He beats Scott Hall, and then he finally gets the main event. Goldberg and Hogan, the match you know. Rodman comes out, Malone and DDP stop him, Goldberg's spear 
Goldberg gets his shit in on the jackhammer. Like, I feel like at least four dudes in the locker room are like, I'll give you 20 grand to jackhammer Hogan. Like, you know, fucking, let me think, 98 WCW? Holy shit. Man. You know, Flair. <laughs> uh, Flair again. <laughs> like, why don't you just pay Goldberg like, fucking lay it on that jackhammer? Jackhammer. Uh, Arn doesn't pay money, but when he sees it, he's like, yeah. Arn Anderson like haphazardly jerked off with the fingers that still work on that hand. Um, <laughs> it's three. It's three hands. It's three fingers. You know, it's enough. Not perfect. It works. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, uh, so Goldberg wins. Huge pop. Heenan's great. And it's like right there, the NWO should be done. Yeah. Like the next week, they can't get it together. Like Goldberg is the person. Yeah. I don't know who wins the NWO because he's the champion. The place goes bananas. He's the guy. And then what do they do over the next four months? But like, he is not the focus. So he's the world champion. He beat Hogan, the biggest thing. But like, at Bash at the Beach, he wrestles Kurt Henning, like I said. Hogan's in the main event against fucking Rodman and Balloon. Hog Wild. He's in a battle royal that he wins. Hogan's wrestling Jay Leno. 98, there's war games. Jericho's trying to have a view of Goldberg, who refuses to show up to do it. Um, <laughs> Jericho beats a Goldberg impersonator. Uh, 97, forgivable. Because him and DDP, Goldberg's best match. Great moment. DDP should have beat Goldberg. There's nothing better then jackhammer into diamond cutter. There's not. 98. I know Goldberg was there. I think he beat up Bam Bam Bigelow on a run-in. Your world champion at your three-ring battle royal event is beating up a run-in on that three-ring battle royal. He's not booked. Goldberg is Dennis stamping World War Three. No. Uh, World War Three is won by Kevin Nash, who decides it's not confirmed if he's booking or not. I'm fine with either narrative. They both work. It doesn't matter. He, he, he booked himself to do it. He didn't book himself to do it. It doesn't matter. He walked into a room, unzipped his pants, slapped his Johnson on a table and said, give me the title. <laughs> exactly what happened. 1398, Goldberg's been undefeated for a year and a half. Kevin Nash, because of a stun gun and his best friend, beats Bill Goldberg to win the world title and break the streak. I I can't tell you how infu- I think that may have been the first time in my ent- entirety of watching wrestling that I was actually upset. I was actually infuriated and angry at the product. Like we've all gone over like you like crying because fucking yeah. homeboy didn't get the fucking shot against Hogan and went all, all that shit. When when Hall showed up as a security guard 
and hit Goldberg with a fucking taser for for Nash to win that title? Dumb. I was I was so angry and I and and I didn't think I could get any more upset. So I already went over when it would have been better for him to lose. He should have lost the DP. Yes. He should have. Yes. That's the perfect spot. Not the person, but that's the spot he should lose to. Right. Is a jackhammer and a diamond cutter. Like, there's nothing more protected and better. Person-wise, at that point, there's no one. There's not. No. There's not a good answer. The answer was him and Stone Cold having a match. Yeah, the answer was he becomes Bruno San Martino. That's the answer. Honestly. You just, like... You run it out with Bill Goldberg. Well, and I remember at that time, like every fucking like non-company magazine was like Goldberg and Stone Cold. Right, it has to happen. It had to. But if you you could go down this road until sure. literally you're in a different state. Sure. But if Goldberg doesn't lose a Starcade and you're in 1999, like at that point, it's still a war. Like, WWF is winning a lot, but WWE won that night until until Foley, until the Shivani Foley announcement. Yeah. During the 1999, is still a battle. If you have Goldberg just going up against fucking monster baby faces, who's to say you can't get two or three years out of Bill Goldberg? Like, he was that over. Like, Austin is the biggest star of all time from a box office perspective, 100%. Then it's Hogan. Rock is the biggest star the wrestling business ever built. But in 1998, with Austin, Bill Goldberg was not far behind. Like, there's not a TV Guide cover. There's not an EW cover. There's not a Rolling Stone cover that doesn't have a Bill Goldberg variant to it. Yeah. He was that big. And they just gave it to Nash, and then he just became another NWO victim. Then he got hurt. Then he comes back. Then they give him Megadeth's entrance. Megadeth, Megadeth is the Jason's deli of fucking music. It's look, like oh, okay, hold on. What? I like Jason's deli. I like it too. You know what else I like? Panera. And there's a lot more. I'll go to Panera. It's it's less the effort. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, so if Megadeth is to Jason's Deli, yes. Panera is to Meg- Metallica. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, so he makes a dumbass move with John Clavier Dam. He comes back. <laughs> and then Vince Russo, is the, Vince Russo is there. And Russo, this statement's going to make me have diarrhea later, in his defense, is like, well, Goldberg's the guy. But he knows, like, you can't just give it to Goldberg. You got to build it up. So he beats Sting for the title of Halloween Havoc after he made Hulk Hogan quit in kayfabe. This whole thing out loud is going to suck. <laughs> this is why we do this. I know. 
I know. So then he makes a 32-person tournament out of it. It makes Goldberg lose in the first round to Bret Hart. <laughs> so he can beat Sid in an I Quit match at the pay-per-view. Was that when Bret Hart had the the shield or no? No, this is no, this is uh, no, 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 we were already past that. So uh, early '99, Goldberg's like starting to go through the end of it. He beats Scott Hall, he beats Bam Bam Bigelow, and then like they don't have anything for him. So Brett does the shield thing, and then Goldberg like got injured, and then it was gone for a few. Months. And to explain that, was it just Brett and him having a match, or well, no. Brett started feuding with Goldberg for no reason whatsoever, really. And, Go- and Brett was, like, upset with his treatment, quote-unquote, in WCW. They had a show in Canada, and he had this, like, metal plate off. And Goldberg was always a heel in Canada, like Shawn Michaels, for whatever reason. Because of true fans. And then he speared Brett, got knocked out, Brett quit. And then never got back to it until Brett was already a babyface in, in the later 99, because Vince Russo was booking. Cool. Uh, so it's 99. They main event Starcade. They do a, a fucking Montreal Screwjob parody two years late. The Piper referees. The next night, they form NWO 2000 because how do you get something over? They slap 2000 on it and give it a different color. So it's Jarrett, Bret Hart, Nash, and all. Yeah. That'll get them on your side. And it's, it's black and silver? I believe. Black and silver. Not black and white, man. Too sweet. Um, but, the, but the mindset was correct. They wanted to set up a, a table of heels for Goldberg to fucking shit through. So the next fucking Thunder, the NWO silver and black are retreating in a fucking limo and Goldberg's chasing after them. He starts beating the slimo up. <laughs> Literally. This guy's beating a limo up. Does he, he have fighting? He's fighting a long car. <laughs> Do they give him anything to help? Nope. Just his arms and legs and his limbs and his skin. And he starts beating the slim up and he and he wants to shatter this window. He you go up to a regular, like, a Dodge Stratus. You try fucking punch that window in? Probably pretty easy, right? Try punching a limo window in. This shit's been reinforced. Like, Suzanne Summers' mid-step-by-step is in it. And, because she was hot back then. And he punches his window, and it doesn't break. And he punches the window again. And it still doesn't break, but it's weakened. And he punches the window a third time, and it finally shatters. And he looks at his arm, and that shit looks like fucking every Spider-Man web thrown ever, but in red. Like, his arm is ruined! And this is going to set off storylines for months. But Bill Goldberg almost lost an arm because of it. (laughs) So he's off of TV. Vince Russo gets fired because he's trying to make Tank Abbott champion. Because Goldberg kicked Bret Hart in the head so hard that Bret Hart thought he was fucking fucking Mary Hart from Mary Tonight from Entertainment Tonight. But Bill Goldberg was not John Tesh. So I've always said, Bill Goldberg, you are no John Tesh. Was not John Tesh. 
You put Bill Goldberg at a keyboard, and he's somehow worser at that than wrestling. <laughs> he's all fingers. That's Goldberg's version of Round Ball Rock. Hands and mouth. So, uh, so Goldberg is off TV when Russo and Bischoff get together for the New Blood and Millionaire's Club. But he comes back like right near the beginning of it. They bring him back, fucking ball of fire. He's the biggest guy in the company. Like I literally said earlier, he's mainstream Stone Cold level so quickly. They put him with Tank Abbott as they should. He destroys Tank Abbott. And then building up to the Great American Bash 2000, Eric Bischoff keeps talking about this this story, this happening that's going to happen, that's going to tear Vince McMahon down to his core. And the internet, everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, all right, Stone Cold's on his Did they get Stone Cold? Like, did, did somebody we're not thinking of, like, come back? Like, Shawn Michaels coming back? Like, What's happening? And the Great American Bash 2000 happens, which is one of the worst shows ever. Like, the whole undercard is garbage. The main event happens. Kevin Nash and Jeff Jarrett. Goldberg comes out to help Kevin Nash. Nay. He helps Jeff Jarrett. Goldberg turns heel. Because nothing says mad ducats of money. Like Goldberg as a heel. And the next night, he cuts some shitty ass promo. He like eats Scott Hall's contract live on air. I know one point in this, like he literally ate paper, and it was supposed to be Scott Hall's contract. And like they were so desperate, like Jim Duggan had cancer, and he had, he had to come out and cut a promo. Was like, "Hey, bub, dying of cancer, bub." And Goldberg had to be like, "Fuck your cancer." Let's have a match. And then Goldberg killed Jim Duggan on air. Before so the cancer got it. We're, we're in a place now where, where Goldberg is cutting promos. But earlier, like the, one of the big things about his mystique was that he didn't talk. Oh. So what, what was like his first promo? Like what was his first coming out to talking? Hey, guys, my name's Bill. I'm mad. <laughs> okay, cool. And uh, lead up to anything or no, no, like Russo was like, You're a bad guy now. So that was like his first promo, like that was because Kevin Sullivan, for all of his problems, and I mean that by mostly his height and his penchant for walking around naked, was like, Don't ruin your mystique. It's like when you beat somebody, just put up a number. Yeah. Be like another one. Kevin Sullivan wanted to make Bill Goldberg the DJ Khaled of wrestling. You fucker, you beat me to it. And, and, and if if that was where we were in 2020, I'd be the happiest human being on earth. <laughs> or not. And now I'm gonna cry. Uh I have a feeling DJ Khaled and Goldberg have gone down on their wives the same amount of times. The difference is that Bill Goldberg insists on his son being in the room. So, uh... No! Insist is the wrong word. Encourages is what I meant. That's not better. Go on. 
insisting his intent. (laughs) (laughs) So Goldberg's heel in 2000, and nobody's happy. Like, no one wants to watch this. But he's a heel, and he's beating up Jim Duggan and his fucking kidney disease and all this horse shit. And it gets to, like, New Blood Rising, and, like, they do some weird-ass thing, like, Goldberg does, like, an injury, and, like, comes into the match, but, like, won't go up for the jackknife, because it's Vince Russo. So, like, the story is that Bill Goldberg is, quote-unquote, not going along with the script. So, like, he leaves the match, and, like, it turns Goldberg babyface by being a real-life asshole. Figure that out. Russo, man. Think about that. And then rectify it however you want. So they do a storyline where like Goldberg is like fighting the authority by being a real man and not wanting to lose as he's supposed to. And then Vince Russo, as WCW champion, not today, uh, <laughs> was like the next in in a Vince Russo Pope mobile. This just Google Vince Russo Pope Mobile and then jerk off to something angry afterwards. It's like the next time you lose a match, you're done. And I shit you not, he did that on like a on Monday Nitro. And by the next Thunder, like nine days later, Goldberg was like 21 and 0. Because they would do this segment like like Russo would book him like, you're fighting Ming. Tonight, you go out, Spear Ming, Jackhammer Ming, one, two, three, game over. And then, like, all of the young dragons would run out and be like, fuck you, Goldberg, for no reason whatsoever. And he'd fucking jackhammer all three of them. And then he's 4 0. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, what is the end game of this? So, from that point till January, he racks up like 50 wins. Like, and like they're quoting like like house shows, like they did in 97. Like, oh, he beat Jerry Flynn's kickboxing ass in Peoria seven so days ago. Trying to start like a new streak. Yeah. But in this, it's like, oh, Goldberg uh, jerked off Kendall Williams' brother in front of seven people at Poobastank's concert yesterday. And got hey, four. A W is a W. So he starts feuding with like Buff Bagelow and Lex Luger. I'm I'm starting to slur my words. Um, and it gets to a point where like the million, not the Millionaires Club, uh, the Magnificent Seven. W said we had a thing in 2001 called the Magnificent Seven with Ric Flair and Scott Steiner all these. I, this is the first time I've ever heard of the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, so Steiner became WWE champion by beating Booker T, and Ric Flair became, like, an authority figure. So it was, like, Flair, Steiner, Rick Steiner, Road Warrior Animal, Buff Bagwell, Lex Luger, and the seventh person, God damn it! It's like me and Tony Colt sitting at a goddamn fucking bus stop in Gainesville not figuring out who the fifth <laughs> person of the Bad Boys won. And it was Rick Mahorn! Rick Bourne was a part of the Magnificent Seven. Son of a bitch. Uh, but it was like, we got to get rid of people. Let's get rid of Goldberg. So it was like, 
at Sin, WCW Sin, because in 2001, WCW was like, let's just name all of our shows after the seven deadly sins. And I hate to have seen fucking in August 2001, WCW Envy. That would have been cool. Um, Goldberg was forced to team with his trainer at the pilot power plant, the aforementioned Dwayne Bruce, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. Who? Hold on. I just grabbed these uh, two packs of Panini 15-piece 2015-2016 NBA cards. These are more valuable than Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker was in the wrestling business ever. Ever. They put him in a tag team match, and they fucking lost! Bagwell and Luger beat them, but two months, two months in the future... WWE is in the company. The last WWE show, Goldberg ain't there. Yeah. He's fucking sitting at home changing his fucking Roadster's oil. Yeah. Because he had a time Warner really contract. Why, 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 why the fuck are you going to go to work when you're getting paid millions to do it? When we're recording this, uh, the retro diary or the retro of the Wrestling Observer rewinds on Squared Circle are in the midst of this year. And it's like oh, every week it's like, oh, Goldberg was supposed to go to Titan Towers. Decided not to. It's like, why the fuck not? He got 400 grand not to show up to do that. Yeah. But eventually, in the spring of 2003, his contract is up. He is signed to the WWE. Night after WrestleMania 19, The Rock is cutting a beautiful Hollywood Rock promo. Goldberg comes out in just a, just the biggest, stupidest leather jacket. Like, nobody likes motorcycles that much to wear what Bill Goldberg was wearing. His... his motorcycle leather jackets like the budget for that one jacket like funded biker boys right it's only a couple years fuck you're right i'm thinking about it you're whatever's it right just saying comes out spears rock the rock the rock did everything he could bless dwayne's heart yes for so many things Mind you, in the first four weeks, they had to bring in Gilbert. And if I could make, there's a lot of like qualms I could have with the wrestling business in my entire life. The fact that Goldberg never really got his hand on Gilbert. Like, The Rock brought him out as like a decoy for his concerts and shit. Like, realistically, Bill Goldberg should have broken Dwayne Gale in half and sucked the juice out of his spinal column. Well, the fact that like they were doing Gilbert all during '98, all yeah. during all that shit since yeah. he was at his peak and his yeah. pinnacle, like I bet Dwayne Gill would have loved that payday. Bill Goldberg should have butt fucked Dwayne Gill to the point where his penis came out of Dwayne Gill's mouth, and Dwayne Gill would have been just like, "Thank you for the culmination of this entire." And Dwayne would have been like, "Thank you, sir." Your penis is a better tongue than my tongue ever was. But they didn't do that. They had a bullshit match of backlash. 
like a Bill Goldberg's first match in WWE was a 15 minute match. They had no idea what they were doing. And The Rock did his best. The Rock was so good at that point where it's like, he's great, he's The Rock. Then he toiled around. They finally did the Jericho feud because Goldberg didn't want to work with fucking Gold, uh, Jericho in WCW because he was fucking too small. Fucking speared Umaga through some bullshit fucking barricades trying to kill Christian. Goldlust put his fucking wig on him. And then... And then... Yep. Paul Levesque <laughs> was like, hey... I was at this like bullshit TV conference once and this crazy Jew was like, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Wait, what is this? All right. So in 98, Goldberg believed all of his shit. And like they used to have to make like wrestlers go to like these fucking conventions. Like they go to rest like toy conventions. They used to go to like fucking TV and syndication conventions all the fucking time to like sell their time. So Triple H went to one in like 99 when he was like about to be WF champion. Goldberg was there. It was like the WCW representative was like, I can beat anybody in the WWF. Where the fuck is Steve Austin? Oh, Triple H is here? I'll fuck you in the butt. Like all this shit. And like he made himself look like really unprofessional. <laughs> and Triple H was like, who the fuck's this guy? And then it became like anytime like it became a story in like all the magazines and the newsletter was, was like, oh, Triple H, what do you think of Goldberg? And he's like, what a fucking bitch ass dumb motherfucker. And Goldberg's like, oh, kill that big nose bastard. So it became a thing when like Goldberg got excited and was like, oh my God, these guys are in the same company. Oh, Triple H is dating Vince's daughter. Oh, but Goldberg is Goldberg? Let's just please let me see what's gonna happen. So the first match is the fucking Elimination Chamber uh, in SummerSlam 2003, which legitimately, so I, it was, uh, I just became a junior in high school. I was at Andrew Zangri's house during Raw when that was announced, and I <laughs> fell out of my chair, because everyone knew it was going to be Triple H and Goldberg at SummerSlam. And then all of a sudden, I made it like a six-person hell in a cell out of nowhere. I fell out of my chair. It was so random and stupid. Because everyone knew Triple H was going to be Goldberg in this elimination chamber. Like, no one's beating Goldberg. Triple H, oh, one hammer, doink, done. Um, but then it built up to Unforgiven, Triple H and Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg loses. He, like, retires or some shit. Triple H, who, like, is so steroid bloated and so banged up. He's wearing like three different kind of like bicycle gear. He's wearing like bicycle shorts, bicycle pads, bicycle knees. <clears throat> and Goldberg finally wins. He's like but the Cranch Armstrong. Yeah, they have nothing for him. They have nothing for him. So what happens? Three months later, Triple H beats him in line. I have seen Triple H win like three world titles. It sucks. I hate it. You, you probably should have seen him win like five world titles as far as like shows that you may, you should have been at, but weren't. I've seen him win more world titles live when he shouldn't have won them versus shows he should have won world titles in. Uh, 
Goldberg signed a one-year deal for whatever reason. I don't know why. I mean, probably a good idea. But they made him champion, so they wasted all of his dates. So he works like Rumble 2004, and they're like, all right, you're working with Lesnar and Rainey. He's like, cool, I have two dates left. I'm like, what? <laughs> so he works no way out to interfere against Lesnar. Then he works a random Raw and just beats up Matt Hardy. It's so 2004, just fucking take a deli ticket to beat up Matt Hardy. <laughs> F95? Oh, Rob Conley? You can beat up Matt Hardy! <laughs> and then they, they get to WrestleMania. F24. Oh, oh, Jonathan Coachman? Go beat up Matt Hardy! Go finger leader while you're at it. Just to rub it in. D45. Big Bully Music? What are you still doing here? Go beat up Matt Hardy! Um, <laughs> so... So... It gets a mania. Lesnar's obviously going to be Goldberg because the Goldberg contract is firing. Brock Lesnar wants to play football. He's <laughs> like, hey, hey, Brock Lesnar, we're going to let you beat this guy that's lost like four times ever. Like one of the biggest stars in the history. Hey, can I go hang out with some dudes in Minnesota? <laughs> that's, that's how bad they are at their jobs. So it gets to WrestleMania. Like, one of the worst matches ever. Like, retrospective Rich should have to go back and do a full-blown five-minute commentary on Lesnar-Goldberg WrestleMania 20 because it's, they lock up, they stare at each other. They stare at each other. Yeah. Yells at one another. The other one cusses at one another. They lock up, they break. They cuss at each other again. One of them falls down. The other falls down. Steve Austin chant. <laughs> like, that's six minutes! Yeah. Because as Lesnar's leaving, they let Goldberg win. <laughs> He's leaving too! He's gone! Bill Goldberg leaves for 12 years! But they let him win! It's at that point, it's like, well, who do you think is going to come back first? And either way, we'll just it's let still, Austin stun them both. It still has to be Lesnar. It has to still be Lesnar. Like, it doesn't change anything. Right? Like, all the decisions are dogged. Even if it was Lesnar, it was Lesnar by much more than they thought he would actually come back. Still, you still have to let Lesnar win. You no, have no, to know. Still, you can't anticipate the UFC of it all. But still, you take... No, I agree with you. I agree with you. But it's just like, it's further down the road than they thought. I, no, I want to put this into perspective. This human being who never wanted to be here for a year, who we ruined, versus this guy we hired as a fucking, not even an adult, who we gave everything to, who's going to try to play football for the first time ever. Which one's coming back first? I have no idea. Even then, you still, uh, there was like a fucking interview by the security guy who was like Lesnar Detail. Mm -hmm. It was just like, oh, this guy fucking hated it. He never wanted to be here. He wanted yeah. to punch fans. They didn't give Goldberg one of those people. You give Goldberg that person, you got 20 of those stories. 
like, they gave Lesnar a bald dude to hang out with to protect. Goldberg had to walk through airports fucking elbowing people at fucking Charlie Subs. All right, so he leaves the company. He leaves the company. He buys a bunch of choppers. It ain't a fucking motorcycle, baby. It's a chopper. Bill Goldberg became fucking Butch from Pulp Fiction for like 10 years. Uh, he might have, I think he hosted some bullshit robot show. I don't know. Uh, 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 Santa Claus or Santa Slay. Santa Slay. He had to kill Sherry O'Terry and Chris Kattan. Fake. Um, uh, he went to New Japan for a respite. Uh, probably beat up Chono because Chono just said yes to everything. And uh, I think TNA made a play at one point, but sure. no. Um, Smash cut the 2016. And it's like, all right, 2K's run out of fucking pre, pre-release specials. Let's get Bill Goldberg. He's already been in a couple games. He already did a couple games. Oh, fuck, I got to hang up. This is going to be rough. Here we, here we go. He already did a couple games. So let's – can we get – can we – Bill Goldberg – who in 2016 has quote unquote been in the wrestling business 18 years, which is a farce. Like that fact, like that is the, the worst fact in world history. <laughs> Not wrestling history. Bill Goldberg had worked like 400 matches as an 18 year veteran. <laughs> hey, man. That's God bless him. Uh, if I could do that for my work, yeah, yeah. If all of a sudden tomorrow I could wake up and be like, "Oh, you've worked businesses for eighteen years, cool, yeah, I know everything I'm gonna do." You worked the system, you knew what he was doing. He's like, "Hey, work four hundred days for a retirement's worth of salary." Here's what I think of. I remember this John Moxley promo from like 2012, 2011, where it's kind of promo by Brian Danielson. And like he's going through his bag, he's look at all this shit, look at all these accolades, and they don't mean dick. That's what I think of Bill Goldberg's entire career up to 2016. <laughs> it's just Bill Goldberg has a bag of shit, and he's like, look at this, and it doesn't mean dick. <laughs> it's just throwing it out because it doesn't. It doesn't. He doesn't anything of note. But he's fucking valuable enough to where they bring him back. It's been fucking 12 years since he's been on WTV. He gets a massive reaction, some dipshit Midwest town. They fucking brought him back in fucking Des Moines. And everyone loves him. And it works. And he cuts the best promo of his life, saying he's going to fucking beat up Brock Lesnar. Let's go to Survivor Series. And 2016, November, an important month in my life. What do I do? Like four days for my fucking only child is born I drive 30 minutes to just record with Rich and Spencer in agony over Bill Goldberg being the first person to pin Brock Lesnar who broke the Undertaker's streak and it's like I use hyperbole a lot I do the character fault. this is not hyperbole 
Goldberg beating Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series cleared my daughter's bowels. She wasn't pooping for a week. Ooh. But Andrew's angry trusted the process and held her towards the television while the entire Goldberg-Lesnar match played and she shit ground-up army men in her diaper. <laughs> it was the ninth time we'd watched that match that weekend. <laughs> and he just knew. We analyzed that like the Sapruder film. <laughs> I did not know that. It was stupid. Like, it happened, and I rewatched it on the network at least twice when I called you and Spencer. He was in town that weekend, and he was like, can we watch this again? Like, I can't get over it. Like, this is like a 50-year-old dude who just gave The Undertaker streak to. Yeah. And then three years later, he almost killed The Undertaker. Yep. It it almost was poetic. If Shakespeare was alive in 2020, he would have wrote it. Goldberg Goldberg pops ratings, beats Brock Lesnar. What are we going to do with him? Give him the title. Fuck it. You know, let him beat Kevin Owens. Do the best work of his career. Chris Jericho, Goldberg's a genius because he fucked Jericho 12 years later because Jericho's supposed to win the world title at WrestleMania from Kevin Owens. Nope. Nope. Congrats on losing that U.S. title, you fucking syrup chucker. Which eventually led him out of the company. Dude. And into the waiting arms of AEW. Which Goldberg almost signed as a commissioner. It was like really? a rumor. It was like, oh my God, AEW, who can they get? Well, Goldberg's available. What if he's an authority figure? Imagine AEW with an authority figure like Goldberg. Imagine Jack Evans getting broken half every week by jackhammers by Goldberg. Well, it's almost a better company. Yeah. <laughs> like, they do great work. Just take AEW every week, pick the worst person in AEW TV, and just let Goldberg murder him every week. I'm in. Like, week eight, Goldberg could throw Marco stunt to at least Venus. Yeah. Just do it. Fuck the it. conversation between... Uh... Widen and Tope for that match alone is worth it. 100%. Uh, so we get some Mania. We're there live. It's the best sub-five-minute match of all time. because It's just – it's before the Lesnar formula came to be. It was just uh, signature, signature, kick-out, finisher, signature, kick-out, finisher, block, signature, finisher. It was great. It was wonderful. And then he went away for a little while, and then he came back. When did – when did Goldberg come back again? Wyatt. Was it? He didn't have anything else? Really? I don't think so. No, he did. He had to have done. He got inducted in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Taker was before Wyatt and Ziggler. Really? Yeah. But I want to say there was. Man, I don't count Saudi shit. What? I don't. I don't register the Saudi shit. No. Well, if there's ever any time to register it, it's Bill it's, Goldberg. You're right. That's. But you're 100 right. So he was brought back just to like pop a rating on fucking Fox, and he did. 
And because he did, they let him like do more shit. So they were like, oh my God, he has some recognition. Let's have him and Taker. Saudi Prince, the Saudi Prince, what he did was he asked for the missing link versus Steve Austin. And they're like, no. <laughs> so you get Taker and Goldberg. Enjoy. And it was, without question, one of the five worst matches I've ever seen in my life. Like, a honest to God miracle. One of them, let alone both. Like, the last dance has a lot of embellishment. Bill Goldberg almost killed Mark Calloway in that match. Easily. You're the last ride. <laughs> there was, <laughs> I'll never forget, this is jumping ahead, but at this year is when we're recording, it's 2020's WrestleMania, because it was done at the Performance Center, you had a comment that I tweeted was like, Goldberg getting ready for his match was, Goldberg exits the locker room, headbutted the vending machine, sun, trips are, sun chips are now available for free for the rest of the night. And it's like the most perfect encapsulation of Goldberg ever. Because he did that match with Taker, and he was fucking mad about He was so, like, serious. Because the whole thing is he wanted to do this for his fucking kid. When Goldberg came back against Lesnar, here's what Bill Goldberg did. He had a fucking decent-ass promo. He fucking bled from his forehead. He went to the front row. He brought his kid out from the front row, took his fucking shirt off, put him in the ring. He let him get fucking awkward and flabby in it, and the show was over. And it's like, what are you doing? Just let him be in debate. <laughs> like, let him do anything else. Forensics, and that's yeah. fine. Hey, hey, was, he also has a dumb, I think his name's like Gage or something. Like, it's some dumbass name. It's like, hey, Gage, buddy, what are you interested in? Uh, you know, like, I'm kind of into, like, can okay. I get in a sad, I want to be in sad SWAT. Too many kids doing drugs. Hey, want to come to a wrestling show and take your shirt off? No, I just want to stop kids from being drugs. Get, get in the ring. I just want to do duos in forensics. Yeah. Like, I bet Gage Goldberg goes to play Oklahoma from beginning to end. And his father just refuses it. I had the hiccups now. Someone hurry this uh, up. He comes back. He comes back again. Well, comes back. Saudi show. Dolph Ziggler <laughs> bums seven times for Bill Goldberg at the second biggest show of the year and makes Goldberg seem like a fucking decent person again. <gasps> but we got to go to Saudi again. Bray Wyatt, Fiend. I don't I was acting the company. Oh, that buy that 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 TV that Fox rate rating was that good. I'm gonna recap the next two Bill Goldberg matches for you. Is that is that the same Saudi show that like they 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 were stuck at in the yeah, uh, yeah. okay. Oh. Uh, <gasps> No, I think it was the previous one. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It is spear, spear, kick out, claw, spear, kick out, claw, spear, jackhammer, pin. Champion, spear, 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 kick out, power slam, 
power slam, power slam, power slam, pin new champion. That's three months in the life of Bill Goldberg as a wrestler. <laughs> Rich is Rich is nothing but knees night right now. God damn it, man! I'm so happy to see your bony ass knees. <laughs> like like ten years ago, your knees looked like a village, and right now your knee. Oh, okay. Don't I don't need kegels, Rich? Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God! Don't why are you wearing brown shorts? No. You thrusted my computer into frozenness. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, – I'm sorry to have frozen your computer with my thrusting. Let's uh, let's just take it home, baby. Yeah, no, uh, so uh, Bill Goldberg shits the bed once again, and he can't work enough to wait for the Roman Reigns match. Mm-hmm. They just let him lose a Braun Strowman. And I'm guessing he's done because apparently he – Politic to beat the fiend in Saudi Arabia because he didn't want to let all of his fans and his kid down by being a superhero against this mythical ultra villain. And then couldn't work enough to lose it and wait for Roman <laughs> Reigns. So they had him lose a bronze room, which is fine because Braun has, should have worn it fucking two years prior. Three years. And, uh, apparently, because he was such a pain in the ass to deal with, he's done. Because also, Paul Heyman was like his muse. Like, uh, Paul Heyman to Bill Goldberg was Woody Allen to Diane Keaton, apparently, uh, which is disgusting in many different ways. Um, so, yeah, he's not going to be around anymore because he's a pain in the ass to deal with. And he's not believable. And Matt Riddle is correct, which I hate to say out loud, but Goldberg kind of sucks. That's where we are in 2020. That's where we are. Uh, Do you foresee him showing up anywhere else at all? At this point, I don't know, because he's not the kind of guy to honor the time-honored tradition of going out on your back. Like, he's the kind of guy who's like, hey, can I come back and beat Baron Corbin? Um, Which, bad example, I'd be fine with. But but you know what I mean. Like, I I don't know, man. Like... Watching all like his 24s and all of his like documentaries, like the one thing I will give him is that like he takes himself and his character and like his production so seriously that like, like even that first Lesnar match, he was like, I gotta be legit, like I gotta like, like live up to my own expectations. So he's tarnished himself so much that like that Braun Strowman match was like the best case scenario, really. Yeah, so I, I have no idea. And like, where where even is a place for him in the current landscape? You know, like as far as I mean, like a match in New Japan is nothing like what he may have been used to. Oh no! If if he goes to New Japan, he could only work like Yoshihashi. Right, and then like you know, um, what other company could even compete with? Like what he would be asking for would be AEW. Like in, said, in like, maybe going to be a a, a a authority figure there. Yeah, I was uh, going to say in ring, in ring, I see nothing for him. But if I can but, give him one credit from his past few years, I don't know how much Heyman deserves or not. But like, 
he became a decent like in ring like promo in terms of like reading the crowd and getting his shit across. Like he could be a decent badass like babyface he uh, like authority promo for somebody or just like an on screen presence where like you limit his reps. You know, you let him get in whatever he needs to get in. And, like, yeah, like, every now and then if – I'm trying to think what, like, the equivalent – like, every now and then if, like, fucking Santana or Ortiz get out of line, they need a fucking jackhammer. Oh, well. You know? Yeah. Fuck it. But besides that, no. He is – he is one of the biggest what-ifs in wrestling – but on a different level, because like Magnum TA, of yeah. course, he doesn't fucking try to do a fucking dream catcher around a fucking light post. Then he totally changes the late 80s in wrestling. Uh, from when we're recording this, I'm just guessing the Velveteen Dream isn't a dog shit human being. He becomes the next goddamn fucking John Cena. Goldberg's in that same conversation. And that Bill Goldberg easily could have been Hulk Hogan or Steve Austin. And that's not exaggerating. No. But because of the decisions they made and because of the way that shit went, he he was a he was a name, but he wasn't a name. Yeah. So who knows? Um well on that note, uh it's it's intriguing and incredibly interesting. Um, you know, he it, the, the reason I, I super wanted to hear your drunk history of him is because the uh, timeline of like the way he was used and then the way he used the com the industry. Oh yeah. Um, and it's just it's just it's 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 endlessly fascinating as far as like the power dynamics of him. And where he come, where he came from, and his relation to the business, and all that stuff. So, and I feel like you fucking covered everything, and more than I even knew. And um, that was I, uh, uh, fucking perfect, man. I tried, and I lost my weed. I'm very sad. It's fine. <laughs> uh, it's very late, um, and we oh, all got it. Is. Yeah. Um, so, Mo, thank you so much. Uh, uh, do you have any plugs or anything? Well, uh, depending on however or wherever you're hearing this, uh, Married of the Movies on wherever you get your podcast, patreon.com slash arcade audio for uh, whatever bonus content you got at your host mullet on Twitter. <clears throat> and that's uh, my blog is definitely still going on because I want to do that till the day that I die, which from how I feel right now, not guaranteed. Uh, arcadeaudio.net slash podblog I'm rewatching every single wrestling promotion. When we're recording this, I've watched almost, I'm approaching my eighth year of wrestling I've watched. Which back then, not difficult. It's like 10 shows a year. But still, you know, I've watched like almost 40 wrestling pay-per-views. And we're all better for it. And, and man, it really made me appreciate some people and hate some others. Beautiful. Um, as for me, uh, just check out arcadeaudio.net for all the other shows that we're uh, working on and launching 
in the the days, weeks, and months as we go on through this uh, journey we call time and life and bullshit and whatnot. Um, yeah, at Rich Cami on Twitter and Instagram to follow me personally. Um, and depending on when this comes out, yes, I may still be doing whack back on Instagram. I may not. Who knows? You will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening to this iteration of an episode of Pond Swoggle. Uh, for Mullet, this is Rich. Uh, we are, this is uh, Pond Swoggle. We are swogging off. You're going to delete this now, is what it sounded like you were about to say. I don't know why that'd be the first thing that came to your mind. Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.